if that operator chose to sell today those properties, would the 13% be better to sit and hold as it goes 13, 14, 15 over time, or go ahead and reallocate the funds today? Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Actively Passive Investing Show. I'm your host, Travis Watts, and today's episode's called Sell Everything. Big doom and gloom, right? <laughs> but hopefully not. I hope to have a bit more of an inspiring and uplifting message for you in the episode today. As the old saying goes, know when to hold them and know when to fold them. So in today's episode, I want to talk more about how do you know as an investor when the right time to sell is. Today's episode is obviously subjective, it's opinionated, and as always, I'm never giving financial advice. These are just my opinions. This is just my perspective that I'm trying to help you guys with for educational purposes only. So please always seek licensed advice when it comes to your own investing. All right, so let's kick it off with talking about all of our favorite topics, which is real estate. And I want to talk about value add, which you've heard me talk about a lot on the show. And it's just a concept that's so embedded in my 
soul from childhood. And when I say value add, this could apply to anything. Think it back to childhood right now. Let's go buy a car at an auction that has some problems and it's very cheap because no one wants to deal with it and not a lot of people have access to it. And let's fix it up. Let's improve the car because maybe we have a connection through a mechanic or we can do it ourselves. And let's do that and then let's have a higher valued vehicle when it's all said and done, right? And try to offset the cost. This could apply to furniture. One of my, actually not one of my, the very first property I ever purchased as an investment. Well, I did house hacking in it. So I rented out a spare bedroom and I furnished it very cheaply through garage sales and Craigslist. And I was staining and painting and doing things myself to offset the cost. And I added value to the home and to the room and then to a potential renter who ended up becoming my roommate who was willing to pay me $150 per month more because I was offering a furnished room that they had to bring nothing to. This is a college student, by the way. So that was really a value-add strategy without me even knowing what the term value-add meant back then. But of course, in today's episode, we're talking about multifamily or single family real estate. And we're talking about the value add component there where you're getting a property, hopefully at a discount, maybe even off market, and you're improving it. You're improving the units and the landscaping, the branding, the signage, the amenities. You're just making it a better place for residents. And the thing is, once you've added the value, once you've forced the appreciation, that's the time that myself and many operators that I partner with find it optimal to go ahead and sell. And the reason why is something that I call the velocity of capital. And I've made an episode on this. It was recorded last year in 2021. So check it out, velocity of capital. And what that means is when I put money into an investment, how soon can I get it back? Either through a refinance or a sale and then reallocate it into more deals that produce more cash flow versus sitting in something for the rest of my life just pays me, say, an 8% distribution. Money is a lot like electricity, right? It has to continuously be moving, and when it stops moving, it dissipates and disappears. So you've got to keep your money turning over all the time, and that hints to the actively components of being a passive investor to the theme of this show. So here's the simple math. If I put $50,000 into a multifamily syndication, let's say it's giving me $300 a month in cash flow, and we've held it now for five years, and now it's do we sell or do we not sell? So it has a lot less to do with the market, assuming that the market's flat or up from when we bought, but it has a lot to do with this idea that if we sold, and let's say I doubled my money, that 50K turns into 100, well, then I get to realize that gain. I get to pocket that 100K just for simple math purposes. Then I can diversify. I can take the 100, I can split it into two, and I can go do two new deals with 50,000 each. And then guess what? Maybe I could do each deal with a $300 per month cash flow. So what just happened? I doubled my cash flow in that scenario. So it's like building a snowball or it's kind of like compounding. It's however you want to look at that. But it grows over time the more velocity you have behind your money. So let's look at the equity side of the coin, which I pay a lot less attention to because I'm a cash flow investor. But on the equity side, on my spreadsheet, speaking personally on my net worth and how I track my finances, if I put 50000 into a syndication, I leave it on my spreadsheet as 50000 until it sells. So I'm not trying to guesstimate what the value might be or appraisals are nice, but it doesn't mean that you really have an offer or that in two months the market shifts. So you're really speculating and I don't like to speculate. So I leave it as 
this 50K up until a sale. So I cannot have an increase in my net worth until a sale occurs. So that's nice to turn the 50 into 100 in that example. But there are benefits to holding and not selling. So I work with a couple syndication groups I've partnered with probably about six years ago. I'm still in these deals. They don't project to sell. It doesn't mean that they'll never sell. It just means they don't project to sell. So they might be in a deal for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. We really don't know, but they're a long-term buy and hold multifamily buyer. The primary benefit is with inflation and with rent increases over time, usually the cash flow is ticking up every year. So I got in the deals six years ago, we'll say at an 8% annualized cash flow. By year two, it had turned into nine. By year three, it had turned into 10 and then 11 and then 12. And I think now we're somewhere around 13% distributable cash flow here in 2022. And that's quite nice. Where else are you finding steady, consistent, what I would consider fairly safe cash flow at 13% annualized? Not many places. So it's nice to balance out the portfolio that way. But let me ask you this. If that operator chose to sell today those properties, would the 13% be better to sit and hold as it goes 13, 14, 15 over time, or go ahead and reallocate the funds today? In these deals, I suspect that we would double our money. So again, like the previous example, I could then take the equity that gets returned to me, do two deals that are producing, let's say, 7% a year cash flow, but I have twice the amount of capital to put to work this time. So that's actually 14% total cash flow if you look at it from the original investment that I made. So it's my personal belief and opinion it would be better for us to go ahead and sell and reallocate into new value-add deals that not only will we have the same or better cash flow more than likely, we will reset the clock for the value-add and be able to potentially increase the value of these new properties and have even more equity upside appreciation because the value-add plans have already been executed on these deals. There's really nothing else we can do but sit and wait for inflation to lift the rents up. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. What's holding you back from getting into apartment building deals? Is it knowledge, fear, inability to take action, lack of support? If it's any of these things, then I suggest you consider Deal Maker Mentoring with Michael Blanc. Michael's program is the most effective program to help you syndicate your first apartment building deal. During Deal Maker Mentoring, you'll work directly with one of Michael's experienced mentors who have successfully replaced their income with apartment buildings. They've already done what you want to do, which is become financially free. So in addition to providing their own syndication experience, they've been trained in Michael's unique Deal Maker Blueprint designed to help you do your first deal and become financially free just like them in the next one to three years. To find out more, text the word Joe to 66866. I know Michael's going to get you to where you'd like to be. Again, text the word Joe to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. 
They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investor Guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. In my experience of working with a lot of different syndicators, it's that they project what the returns might be. And at the time that those projections get met or exceeded, they're likely looking to sell at that point, the majority of them. So in today's world of high inflation and high rent increases, you had about an 11% nationwide rent increase last year, and CBRE is forecasting about an 8% 2022 rent increase nationwide. Every market's different. You've got Tampa that did 20% last year. You've got San Francisco that only did 3%. But again, we're looking at averages. There's a good chance that if you've already invested or are investing now in conservatively underwritten deals that are saying, oh, 3 and 4%, rent bumps per year, and we're actually seeing 8, 9, 10, 11%, that those deals might sell early. And I certainly saw this in my own portfolio last year. I had a handful of deals sell early that were underwritten for about five years, but at the three-year mark decided to sell. This year, I'm going to see probably a handful more again because of what the market's doing right now. And it's a beautiful thing because this helps accelerate the velocity of capital like we're talking about. And one more golden nugget I want to leave you guys. I know this is a shorter episode, but I want to leave you with this to kind of think about is I was at a conference speaking on stage last week, and I drew a parallel kind of on the fly to dollar cost averaging in the stock market and kind of how I look at my own personal real estate portfolio. And I essentially do the same thing, which is I continuously keep putting money to work. Everything is cyclical. The bonds and stocks and real estate and gold and silver and oil, they all go up, they all go down. So the thing is, I put a consistent amount to work year after year. And sometimes, quite frankly, I'm investing at the top. Sometimes I'm investing in a downturn or a correction. But over the long haul, I'm getting an averaged out realistic price for what I'm investing in. So I'm a fan of keeping money working at all time, but not trying to time the market. So when a deal sells, what I'm doing is I call it an opportunistic outlook. I look at the syndication space. I look at mobile home parks, self-storage, note lending, ATM machines, publicly traded REITs. I look at all these different things that I could potentially put my money into. And I look at what's the highest and best use for that capital right now in this moment. Sometimes there's not a good syndication that's happening. Sometimes stocks are trading at all-time highs and I want to stay away from it. Sometimes stocks are in a 20% decline and that might be an opportunity to buy some at a discount and kind of ride the wave back up. And from my personal experience, it's quite rare to have a private multifamily apartment building trading at a 
20% discount. There's a lot of competition out there. And in the private world, that generally doesn't happen, especially when it goes through a broker or it's publicly solicited. It's really tough to find deals like that. But the stock market can be irrational. And there's times that maybe a REIT has been 30, 40% down, but the reality is not much changed on the underlying fundamentals. They're still making a ton of money, just like they were a year ago. Nothing really changed. So that might be an opportunity to buy in the dip, as they say, and ride back up. You never know how far it's going down, right? So it's this whole concept of just keep putting money into investments and over time, it'll all kind of equal out. Endless stories about people trying to claim the doom and glooms around the corner. I'm sitting on the sidelines in cash. Meanwhile, they're just eating away in inflation. And let me tell you something, it's painful to sit on the sidelines and wait when you've got a year like we had last year when real estate was 15% up and stock market went up 28%, the S&P. That's really tough to think, oh, I was sitting on the sidelines waiting for a deal. Not even the best investors, not even the best economists can consistently predict the market cycles and the outcomes and what's going to happen year to year. So I don't pretend to know either. So to recap in the shorter episode, I like to keep capital turning over and working at all times. I like to basically dollar cost average over time to maximize cash flow and equity. It may not be the right strategy for you. It is the right strategy for me. So again, I'm not recommending or endorsing. I'm just sharing. As you guys know, my goal with these episodes is to Take a lot of complicated information, a lot of strategies, a lot of books, a lot of people I listen to, just a lot of sources and data and CBRE and markets and military and cram this crap together and try to make sense of it and to try to share a perspective with you that can help you along your own journey. And I try to make things as simple and straightforward as I can. I know what's worked for me and for the mentors that I have in my life that have been doing this so much longer than I have. And so that's what I'm sharing with you in these episodes. I hope you can find some appreciation in that. Thank you so much. Speaking of appreciation, I appreciate you for tuning in. As always, this is the Actively Passive Show. I'm Travis Watts. Please like, subscribe, and comment. I love hearing from you guys. Let's keep the conversation going, and we'll see you on the next episode.